Late Night Anger Management Class continues. This is Sports Rage. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates. We're throwing it down. Level 2 has begun. Week 13 of the National Football League. Not done yet. We've got three more games. We're going to break them down. Uh, we're talking college uh, football. We're going to get into some college basketball before we get big man on campus from Barstool out of here. He's got a big podcast in the morning that you can download. Um, so Ohio State minus 29 and a half versus Michigan. A football team not a lot of people are talking about, but have only lost one game, big man. The Miami Hurricanes lay three and a half points to North Carolina. Total 65 and a half there. The Michigan-Ohio State total is 66 and a half. And uh, man, Tulsa have had a, a solid year, big man. Cincinnati Bearcats minus 12 and a half at Tulsa this week. What do you think of that? Yeah, that, uh, that was a surprising one. I mean, Tulsa's played, I mean, every team tough. I mean, really, whoever it is, uh, played Oklahoma State tough, you know, beat UCF, uh, you know, beat uh, SMU. This is going to be their toughest test, though. Cincinnati's legit. I don't think they're 12 points better than Tulsa, though. Uh, it's in Tulsa. That's obviously going to help. Uh, I would I would be looking towards the the Golden Hurricane here. But you mentioned Miami; uh, they are playing very well. And something about UNC. I mean, this team is pretty bad defensively. I, I don't really know how else to say it. I mean, they they I don't like get Miami, any stops. Too. Yeah, I, that seems kind of a, like a square side. But I agree with you. Uh, it should be a good over game, I think, though. But Miami. If you look at their games, they played some good opponents early in the season and got riddled. They gave up 34 to Louisville. Uh, Clemson dropped 42 on them. Uh, they can give some points. NC State at 41 dropped. So I, I would like I would like the over in that game. I think it's a high scoring game. Here's another program and another team. We were talking about it with Cleveland earlier, and I'll get back to that uh, later. We'll get back into the NFL uh, again, but. The USC Trojan. If we're going to criticize USC when they fail, I think you got to give them credit when they win. Nice win, 38-13 over Washington State. USC now 4-0. and uh, They're laying three and a half against UCLA uh, this week. So props to the USC Trojans, uh, big man. Impressive start, 4-0. and People call Clay Helton out all the time, and justifiably so. And this is probably pissing off USC Trojan boosters because you know they want to get rid of them, and can't fire a coach that might go undefeated. You know, it'll be interesting to see what the committee does with USC. They haven't given them any respect. Um, all right, we got one more segment with Big Man on the other side. We'll get into some college basketball. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. Oh, what's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all on a hockey game, and I won that. Wait, all right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. Late night anger management class. All right, we got a couple of more minutes up with Big Man. So before we get into college basketball, Big Man, I don't know. I guess nothing should surprise us considering it's 2020 right now, but I was somewhat surprised to see 
that Floyd Mayweather has agreed to fight Logan Paul. Uh, that uh, Mayweather has uh, agreed to fight uh, Logan Paul. I guess that's what that's what the world's come to, uh, big man. <laughs> like, I guess they figure they can make a lot of cash, and Mayweather thinks it's going to be an easy ride. So why not cash in? But I don't know, dude. You're the greatest boxer of all time. This, this is a little much. What's your take on this? Uh, I think it's embarrassing. Uh, but, you know, look, nowadays people will sell, well, sell their soul to do and make money. But, look, if the kid wants to get his ass kicked, fine. Let him do it. Uh, he's, he's got no shot. There's actually kids that came on Periscope earlier that were telling me that they actually think Logan Paul will, will win, which is laughable. If this happens, I might put a, a large sum of money on, on Floyd Mayweather. I get, I don't, you know, I don't follow these Paul dudes. So it's not the same guy the that goose. knocked out Nate Robinson, right? That's another one. That's the brother. No, that's Jake Paul. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't like giving these guys the, uh, they don't, not that they need my publicity. Right. But that's that's the modern society now. You're a jack, you know, be a jackass online, do stupid things, and you know, that's the millennial area, bro. That we're in. I mean, it's kind of sad. But like, if I'm if if, if I'm you're Mayweather, Mayweather, I'm saying it's kind of sad. It's sad, bro. Yeah. Like we're gonna fight but in but a strip club. But if I'm Mayweather, next? I'm saying like, why do I need to fight you? I mean, you lost to. I mean, he has lost before. He lost to that guy KSI, who is another like YouTube guy. Like, what has he done to deserve to fight Floyd Mayweather? Why did, does Floyd I, really need the money? That bad? No, that's the whole thing. I don't know. He must I figure that he's going to make a ton of cash and it's just going to be easy and he wants to stay in the news. I don't get it. I don't like, I understand Roy Jones and Tyson for the fun of it and stuff like that. But if you're Mayweather, like, really? It's an exhibition. It doesn't have anything to do with his record or anything like that. It's not a real, you know what I mean? It is a real fight, but it's, you know, quote unquote, an exhibition. I think they saw, though, I heard a million people bought that Tyson stuff. And they made a ton of money. So I guess Floyd wow. wants in right now. And now they're talking about Evander Holyfield and Tyson um, in, in, that, in that format, sort of the fun, you know, not the real. But I don't know if you saw the Tyson Jones. It was terrible, bro. It was terrible, terrible, terrible. I bet on Roy Jones solely because he was plus 175. And he didn't win. He didn't throw any punches. Like, I don't know. Like, it could have been. If it was fixed, like, it, you know, like, he couldn't have, like, you know, fixed it any better. All right. So, let's get into some college ball here, uh, big man. Time always flies when you're on. So, Gonzaga's got to shut things down for a little while right now. That's too bad that big Gonzaga-Baylor game uh, got shut down. What should we be looking forward to uh, this week upcoming in college ball? Uh, well, Monday, there's not much going on. Tuesday, you got the Big Ten ACC Challenge getting started. You got uh, UNC Ooh. Iowa. You got uh, Illinois Duke. Uh, all sorts of uh, good games there. Uh, Tuesday is actually a pretty good card. You got some real good games there. Uh, just one to highlight, Gabe. This Marquette team's playing some very good basketball right now. They're playing terrific. I've been very good on both sides of the court. Good front court. Don't turn the ball over too much. Uh, and they've been efficient. Just beat Wisconsin over the weekend. They're playing a team, Green Bay, who is horrific. Uh, they're very bad, very bad defensively. They're not a big group. They have no front court. I think uh, Marquette has their way. They, they've blown some bad teams out. I think this is another one. 
Uh, Green Bay's bad, real bad. That was a crazy game with Marquette uh, the other night. How about, uh, I want to ask you about a team. I took them in, in the first game against the Ducks, uh, but Missouri. Uh, Missouri, they got it done for us. Uh, they're, they're playing some good basketball. I see Michigan, Michigan throttles UCF. Uh, Michigan now 4-0. Their schedule has been kind of soft so far, but a big win for Villanova against uh, Texas. And pretty impressive start for Texas, though. We talked about Texas being underachievers. I know you like them. I know you love the freshman Brown, uh, Greg Brown coming in uh, here. Uh, Villanova gets it done 68-64. But good start for the season for Texas. They look like they're the real deal. Yeah, they just have to kind of um, get a little bit more shooting. The shooting's not been real good. Their guard play's been very good. But today the front court struggled. You know, Robinson Earl and and Samuels did what they had to do. And I'll tell you right now, man, Villanova is nails uh, at the free throw line. They don't uh, don't miss too many opportunities, especially late. Uh, But Texas is going to is going to lose their games this year. But, you know, nice start to the season with some quality wins. So Texas will be just fine. Uh, If they can get everyone uh, kind of in line and and, and cohesive, they're going to beat a lot of teams. I tell you, big man, like, yeah, uh, Monday's college basketball card, Fairfield and Hartford, Wilmington and East Carolina, South Carolina State and Charlotte, Chattanooga and Middle Tennessee. Florida Atlantic and North Florida, Hampton and Norfolk State, Moorhead State and Eastern Kentucky. Dear God, Lipscomb and Southeast Missouri State. Ooh. This is the definition of the DJN specials tomorrow, uh, big man. It definitely is. Uh, Wofford, Richmond will be okay. But you know, one game I have my eye on, uh, East Carolina, UNC Wilmington. UNC Wilmington play a, a frantic pace. They throw four guards out there and basically just go up and down. Uh, ECU really can't shoot the basketball. They were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country last year. They want to get out and run as well. They want to use their uh, best player, Jaden Gardner, get out and run, get to the foul line. I think that's going to play right into Wilmington's hands. I think both teams score in this game. I was kind of surprised to see this total in the 130s. Uh, Richmond, we'll see what they have coming back. They're off a COVID stoppage, off the big win against Kentucky. Uh, Gabe, I think Richmond's very good, Uh, very good. I I think they are Final Four good. Defensively, they're very good. I'm I'm high on Richmond. And this isn't a vintage Wofford team either. So uh, Wofford Wofford hasn't played yet this year, so we'll kind of see what they have. You know, it's too bad uh, that the COVID's already starting to take – it's starting to uh, take its effect on college basketball uh, right now, but you know they're going to they're going to do a tournament no matter what. We've talked about it. They're going to find a way, and you know, but this year with the lack of fans and with you know teams coming off of COVID and haven't played in a while and just a lot of different variables, I think there could be a lot of upsets and underdogs at cash, big man, right? You know what I mean? And we're seeing the powers. I want to ask you, how about Kentucky, bro? This is their worst start in 20 years. Can't believe that. 20 years. Yeah, they're not a good basketball team. It's pretty simple. Uh, they turn the ball over a lot. I mean, they can't make shots for the life of them. Uh, they're not a good free throw shooting team. There's just really no leader on this team. You know, the the, the freshmen are, are solid, but nothing special. I mean, they're just they're just not good. I mean, it's pretty simple. And I don't think John Calipari is just going to whip him into shape because there's there's not a ton of talent on this team. I mean, there's potential, but no one's really played at a high level. Um, yeah, this is this is not a good team, and they're losing games by wide margins. Georgia Tech shouldn't be beating you by 
17 points. Oh. It just shouldn't happen. That's the thing. They have a limited rotation. It's just, it just shouldn't happen. And Duke, uh, what's your take on Duke's uh, start? Any concern, or are they just young in the backcourt right now? Do you like the players, or just they just got to play themselves through it? No, I, I don't think they're a very good team either. They, they don't look like they have a leader either. Uh, they, they turn the ball over a lot also. Uh, just just kind of seems soft to me. I don't think they have a guy that could take the game over. Look bad against Coppin State. Look bad against Michigan State. You know, Bellarmine is a, is a Division II team that's brand yeah. new into Division One. I. I think they're going to struggle against Illinois this week. Illinois is a good basketball team. Uh, Illinois seems poised. And the one knock on Illinois last year was they couldn't shoot the ball real well. 45% from three is pretty damn good. Upset special. Big man on campus, Barstool Sports. Check out the podcast and the blogs over at Barstool and uh, Barstool Podcast. Thanks for the time, big man. Always a pleasure, my man. Thanks, Gabe. See you, buddy. Big man on campus. Kick it with us. Late night anger, man. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. What's the dumbest bet I ever heard of? I disagree. I disagree. Late night anger management class. Thanks to big men on campus for kicking it with us. Sports Rage. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Sports Rage, Sunday, bloody Sunday. So, you know, I mentioned the USC Trojans earlier, the big man. 38-13 win. They exploded for 28 in the first quarter against Washington State. And as I stated, you know, sports fans today, they're morons, right? So for the most part, people are idiots. Social media sucks. And people are dumbasses, right? That only like to uh, live in a negative, right? Like anything negative happens, people love it. Oh, Twitter blows up. Positive things happen, nobody cares, right? I retweet things all the time. Oh, look at, look at this great story. Yeah, a couple of people care. Anything off, oh, somebody screws up in the world. Yeah, I guess it makes people feel better about their own uh, lives. But the thing is, you know, if you're going to criticize a team, you're going to criticize a player, you're going to criticize a program, you've got to give them credit when they're getting it done. And the USC Trojans are case in point. If Clay Helton was 0-4 right now, it would be the biggest story in college football. How does Clay Helton have a job, right? He's 4-0, and and, eh, you know, the committee doesn't seem to care. They're ranked 20th. Um, you know, we talked about this on Friday night that the the Power Five in the college football playoffs really isn't even the five. It's the Power Two or Three with the ACC, Big Ten, and SEC. So the Pac-12 doesn't get any respect. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see um, how the committee handles the USC Trojans uh, moving forward from here. They're just so They're just so out of the mix, right? They're just so far behind uh, right now. That it's you know it's not going to happen uh, for them, you know they can play in a big time bowl game, uh, but as I stated, I guess it's good news, bad news because there are a lot of USC Trojan, a lot of USC Trojan you know hardcore fans, boosters, etc. That know that Clay Helton's not an elite coach, right? 
and they know that that's sort of what's holding this program back from greatness, yet here they are with a 4-0 record. What are you going to do? 28-27 winners in week one when they came back against ASU. What's impressive, though, is, you know, they didn't look great against the Arizonas, but they won both games, 28-27 and then 34-30. But what's impressive now is they're smacking teams now. This is why the committee should pay attention and give them some respect uh, here. You know, you go into Utah, you win 33-17. And are Washington State great? No, but you easily handled them 38-13. You deserve credit for that. And then uh, they'll wrap up uh, with UCLA in a football game that they should that they should win. And uh, then they'll have a uh, 5-0, 5-0 record. As we mentioned, they're laying three and a half points uh, in that game. So in tonight's game, Kansas City wins, Denver covers. I want to get to the, the officiating in this game. And not just in this game, but as a whole in the National Football League. So, you know, I didn't love the Chiefs today. And props to Babano, actually. As we talk about, um, you know, giving props to people. Props to Babano. I saw Babano tweet right before the game. That basically, uh, he said, oh, I'm not betting in typical Babano fashion. <laughs> Maybe he did. Uh, but he said, I I'm not betting this, but I don't think, you know, I think Kansas City is too many points that, that you know, Denver can hang in this game. KC could be flat. And, you know, so congratulate props to him. I, I agreed. I didn't lay the points. I put him in one teaser. Um, but I put the Kansas City Chiefs in a bunch of money line parlays just to sort of get out of the way. And if you look at the games that are coming up right now, that's the sort of the way to approach it. I mean, you got the Pittsburgh Steelers laying six and a half points to Washington. Look, every one of these, every one of these made-up games, COVID games, rescheduled games, afternoon games, weird start time games, they've all been bad, right? And it's not just the team that one team has COVID, and neither of these teams like are beat, they have that. So the game was just pushed back, right? It's more weird for, for Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh played on Wednesday, so it's not a good spot for them. And Washington are competitive, right? Washington are a lot like the New York Giants, right? You know, they'll, they'll run the ball, they'll, they'll try to kill clock, uh, et cetera. And they've got a lot of good you know, players on defense. They've got defensive talent. But Pittsburgh, we're talking about another feat of Pittsburgh team here. It is six and a half. Big man raised a good point when he said it's like they're trying to invite you. Like, you know, you know a lot of people are going to wake up and go, oh, my God, Pittsburgh's only six and a half point favorites in this game? Less than a touchdown? Less than a touchdown? So from, from that angle, yeah, they are, you know, you could argue, yeah, they are trying to get your action in on Pittsburgh. But the thing is, Washington are limited offensively. If Washington fall behind, it's going to be a problem, and it's not a massive point spread, right? So, you know, it is only a touchdown. And my deal with this game is, and I think Pittsburgh are going to win, so I think the way to go, and what I did, I got a Kansas City Chiefs, Pittsburgh Steeler, Buffalo Bill parlay. So uh, the Bills, the fact the Bills are one-point underdogs, so it actually added, and the, this parlay is plus 187. So we have the Chiefs out of the way now. Now we need the Steelers to win and the Bills to win. And we have another one, USC Trojans, Kansas City Chiefs, Pittsburgh Steelers. So we got that out of the way as well. You know, you look at these games and, you know, the money line parlays, you know, can come into play here if you don't want to be laying the points. Yet we got burnt. We got burnt with one of the parlays today. Our picks were pretty good today. The props lost, but, you know, you don't put as much on the props. And I want to get to that in a second here. But uh, the picks were good. 
we were six and four on the sides, six and four, zero oh and two with the props. Actually, no, one and one and two with the props because we hit an end game on on in game live. But the the touchdown prop with uh, with Tyree Kill tonight, like whatever, man. You know, you could talk about bad beats and stuff like that. That sucked. That sucked. That's you know, is it a bad beat? I don't know. If it's a bad beat. It's just reality that it sucked. Tyree Kill scored two touchdowns tonight. It's too bad that neither of them counted. He scored two touchdowns tonight. He scored a touchdown that he didn't know he scored. And then he scored another touchdown. I wish there was a stupid holding penalty that really didn't do anything. I don't, you know, I don't know why they called it. I guess to keep the game close, but whatever. And he even did a backflip into the end zone. And, you know, I heard Al Michael say, oh, there's a flag on the play. And I was like, oh, God, it's coming back. You know, I, I didn't even celebrate. Yeah, I kind of knew. I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to get screwed here, right, when he was standing there at the goal line. But my beef is, so on the first, so Tyreek Hill catches a ball in the end zone, and it's a touchdown. It's a crazy catch. The ball's bouncing around everywhere. But the thing is, it wasn't like it was obvious that he didn't catch it. That's the thing. Like, everybody just sort of got up like there was, you know what I mean? But it wasn't obvious that he didn't. It was like, well, what happened? And my deal is, they review all scoring plays. Then why don't they review all plays in the end zone? Like, why is it up to you to do their damn job? Think about that. Like, why is it up to you? Like, why wouldn't the referee say, you know what? We, we're not really sure if he caught it or he didn't catch it. Let's go to the replay because it might be a touchdown. Like, why is it up to Kansas City to tell, like, the referees to do their damn job correctly? And then, look, later in the game, Sammy Watkins, they give Sammy Watkins a catch, but it really wasn't a catch. And I'm thinking at this point, I'm like, do you guys just guess? Are you just like, you know what I mean? Like, what do you go by whether it's a catch? Because you clearly aren't looking at the damn ball. Like, out of all the referees that are there, not one of them can say, you know what, I think he might have caught it. Why don't we look at it? Like, and it should be in the rules. And, like, it is just stupid that you only have so many challenges and stuff because... It's like the league is admitting, like you know, like I said, like isn't the, the the rule flawed that if we all know that it was a touchdown, right? The referees know it's a touchdown now. The Chiefs know it's a touchdown. The Broncos know. Tyree Kill now knows. And if you're Tyree Kill, you know, come on, bro, you got to know that you caught the damn ball, and you should be arguing and telling to review. But the thing is, it's just. The NFL is almost saying, well, yeah, yeah, our referees suck, but too bad. And if you don't catch us, then too bad. Like, you know, wouldn't want, wouldn't the NFL want to correct themselves? You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't the referees want to correct, you know, instead of putting the blame on the Chiefs for not throwing the flag and saying, well, it's too bad because, you know what I mean, you should have thrown the flag, but we screwed up. You know, there's always bothered me that. It's always bothered me. Yeah, you get a certain amount of challenges, but... Even if you're right, you can only challenge a certain amount of times. You know, like, really? You, so I got to make, I got to do your job for you? It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And so that doesn't make sense. But on top of it, if every scoring play is, is automatically reviewed, all right? And they review every stupid scoring play, even when they don't have to. They should review any play that could be a scoring play. That could have been a scoring play. So what were you going to do? You were going to let them review it and then review it again after? Oh, we, so you reviewed it and now we review it to make sure you were right? 
Like, I don't understand, like, a league that makes as much money, that has as much money as the number one league in the world, is just so incompetent and, and willingly so, that they know they have these holes in their rules, but they won't fix them. And somehow it's like, well, it's Kansas City's fault for not being quick enough on the trigger. But as I stated, and I get it, you can't be challenging every play all game because it would take forever. But it would be nice if you guys would actually just get it right, right? So we wouldn't have to challenge this stuff. But I think there should be a rule put in place that if it's in the end zone, then it's reviewable. Like the team shouldn't have to review that. Like if all scoring plays are reviewable, so if it would have been called a touchdown, then it would have counted. But since it wasn't called a touchdown, it doesn't count, even though it was a touchdown. Like, how the hell, like, if you're the NFL, why do you want to live like that? Where you're like, well, you know what? We're incompetent, but if you don't catch us in our incompetence, too bad, it's on you. It's ridiculous. They should correct their own mistake. And, and then after, so there's one touchdown, I have the Tyree kill to score a touchdown prop. And then he scores another damn touchdown that comes back to a, due to a holding penalty. When you bet a player prop to score a touchdown and he scores two touchdowns and they're both like called back or don't count, yeah, I guess it wasn't meant to be. Tyreek Hill had a touchdown in five straight games, too. Well, uh, until tonight. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. I'm a rageaholic. <laughs> I just can't live without Rage Hall! <laughs> Late night anger management class continues. I am Morenci. Throwing it down. Sports Rage Bloody Sundays. We pick up the pieces. We pick up the pieces after uh, Sunday afternoon of uh, NFL football. And we had a little bit of everything uh, today um, upsets, blowouts boringness, um, strange results. It's been a strange year in the NFL. Like, you know, the Dolphins in a Bengals game, like, basically, it was, like, torture. The only thing entertaining about the game was they they fought a lot. Like, we talk about this every week. You know, like, what what was good? The Chiefs in a Broncos game sucked. It was boring as hell. Uh, it was bad football. The Lions and the Bears, I guess you could say it was entertaining. I mean, if you want to talk about battle of five and seven football teams. I don't know how the hell the Chicago Bears blew this one. Mitch Trubisky fumbled late. That was a problem. Threw for 267 yards. Props to Matt Stafford, man. Matt Stafford, 402 yards and three touchdowns. And they didn't have anybody. You know, Marvin Jones, who I actually have on a fantasy team, who hasn't done much this year, actually stepped up 116 yards and a touchdown. But, you know, that's a loss to the Bears. That, that's, that's a bad loss for the Bears. That's a bad loss for the Bears. Uh, speaking of bad losses, Chargers, the Anthony Lynn's going to be done after this. The upset of the day, the New York Giants get it done 17-12 um, at Seattle. Indianapolis keep winning football games that they they shouldn't win or they're outplayed in, but they end up winning when it's all said and done. But what's pretty, um, what's interesting, what's kind of weird about this, like I said, it's so like typical of the NFL in the sense that 
It's not like, oh, yeah, the Vikings are red hot right now. The Vikings are this. But somehow the Vikings are in the playoffs now. Pretty damn impressive when you consider the Vikings where they were. So the Vikings have scratched and clawed their way back to the 500 mark. They're 6-6 six and six right now. And due to Arizona falling apart, Minnesota are in the playoffs. We'll get you in a playoff picture. I know uh, Kevin called in earlier. We had big man on campus, Kevin in Chicago. Uh, steps up and in. What's going on, Kevin? How you doing tonight? The hell that I feel you. What's up? What's going on, Kevin? I told you. What's going on, Gabe? I told you um, a few weeks ago about the L.A. Rams. and Yeah, they had a clunker. They had a clunker. I forget who they played, but they had a bad loss. Jerry Goff stunk up the joint, but he comes back and he proves that he's an elite quarterback. You, you saw the way he played today. Uh, needle in the thread, whatever you want to call it. Just play, he's, a, he's a world-class quarterback, and nobody wants to give him the credit. Nobody, you know, He's a system quarterback and this and that. Now, this dude makes elite throws. He's an elite quarterback. He's a Super Bowl, friend of the Super Bowl. Can't say that for a lot of quarterbacks. So he's proven it, and I could like the Rams. Huge win against Arizona. They're, with Seattle losing, they just reclaimed first place. Now they got wins over Seattle and Arizona. So it looks like my prediction holding true, the L.A. Rams. But I do got to do this. I got to give you credit because you called the New York Jets, um, New York Jets and Oakland Raiders. I was like, oh, Oakland Raiders, they're going to blow them out of the water. New York Jets suck. <laughs> you and you said you might even take the Jets straight up. If it wasn't for that lucky Hail Mary, they yeah, would have won. I was bitching. I was like, oh, I knew the Jets were going to win. I said it. And then, boom. I had a feeling they would blow it late, but we appreciate that, Kevin. Yeah, we hit. We did hit the Jets plus the points. Listen, if you look at the Rams' schedule right now, this is the important game for the Rams here, Kevin. This is where the Rams stumble usually. They'll win a big road game. They'll go back home. They'll be a six-point favorite, and they won't play well. And it's interesting, actually, speaking of the Super Bowl, it's a rematch of the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's not there, but it's Bill Belichick once again. And Belichick really figured out and, and shut down Sean McVay and, and Jared Goff in that Super Bowl. So this, this is a big, it's a big game coming up for him on Thursday, Kevin. They win this game, they're really cruising, and I think they will. And I'm with you. I think they're going to win this division. I've been on board with you, bro. And you, you were on a bandwagon early uh, with this. I think they can win this football game, though. You know, you have the, the, the Patriots are going to be confident coming off their win against the Chargers. It's a short week. Patriots are still in L.A., so they're staying in L.A. all week. So there's no travel or anything like that. The Rams are the one uh, actually traveling back. But I think the, the Rams get it done. Then they host the Jets. Then they're at Seattle, and then they host Arizona. And they've beaten Arizona now seven straight times. And Arizona's falling apart. So... Things are looking good for the Rams. Big game for them on Thursday, though, to keep this thing going. And no letdown. They can't let down. They got to get this one done. Yeah, this New England, normally I'd say they're going to walk right through them, but Cam Newton and the Patriots have been playing good. They got them playing good back on track somewhat, so that'll be a good game. I got one final question for you regarding yep. um the Browns and the Titans. What's your take on the um Browns, the way they, they kind of – they only scored three points in the second half, completely let the Titans back in the game. Now, what's your thoughts? They just played too conservative. Kevin Stavansky, the play calling, how were they able to get back, just 
too much running about. What's your thoughts on that? I'll uh, hang up and I'll listen to the show. Thanks for my call. Hey, hey, always good, Kevin. Uh, thanks for the call, buddy. Um, listen, I don't. Big man on campus brought it up and holds it against them as well. I, you know, it's not good that they only scored three points, but they had such a big lead. Tennessee's a good football team, and you know, Tennessee showed you know a lot of pride in the second half. We talked about it. The first possession was massive in the third quarter. If Tennessee doesn't score, then then they probably tap out. But they scored and they scored quickly, and then they scored again. So it sort of changed the dynamic. You know, thing guys, the thing about Cleveland is this is a football team that's learning how to win games, right? It's not an organization that's won before. They don't have a lot of players that have won before. So they, they it's a learning process for them. Like, you know, I remember like earlier in the year when, they, you know, they were winning some games, they weren't covering point spreads, right? Or they, they you know, they weren't pulling away when they could have. They, you know, they, they didn't look good, etc. but they win the game. They were learning to win games. I've seen this with Buffalo. Look at Buffalo. Buffalo still blows leads. Buffalo still has those sort of momentary lapses of sloppiness that cost them. And it's the same thing. You know, the Bills... It's a process of going from like an eight and eight team to a ten and six team to a twelve and four team, right? And learning. All right, now you know we're the better team. Now we pull away uh, here, you know. So forty-one thirty-five. Listen, they still cover this point spread. The game goes over the number. Big win for the Cleveland Browns. Was it a second half to remember for them? No, but I'm not going to hold it against them. They went on the road. They got it done in, in a tough environment. And I tell you what, they're nine and three right now, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, like everyone talks about all these other teams. Now, you, know, you are what your record says you are. Nine and three is an impressive mark right now. Let's look at their schedule uh, moving forward. After today's uh, win against Tennessee, see, they return home and they get Baltimore. Monday night football. All right, we actually have a fun game. Nice to see Cleveland on Monday night football. So Cleveland hosts uh, Baltimore on Monday night football next week. Then they're at the New York Giants, which is not... You know, we've seen the Giants are competitive. It's not, it's not a free pass. Then they're at the New York Jets. So back-to-back at MetLife at the Meadowlands. And then they wrap up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, you you know, you know, look at this, and even if they go, look, if the Cleveland Browns go 2-2, two and two, if the Browns go 2-2, two and two, they finish the season with an 11-5 and five mark. Pretty damn impressive. We're talking about the Cleveland Browns. And they play in a tough division. So, like, very impressive. If they go three and one, we're talking 12 and four, right? So, looking at the playoff picture, things have changed a little bit due to um, due to Tennessee's loss right now. So, looking at the playoff picture, if the playoffs started today, the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, would have the bye, and there's only one bye in each conference now. So, the Steelers would have the bye. The Indianapolis Colts, would be at Kansas City for like the 18th million time in the playoffs over the years. It would be the Colts at the Chiefs. Poor Phillip Rivers, after all that first playoff game, (laughs) hits Mahomes and the Chiefs. So Colts at Chiefs. The Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. Division rivals. Miami Dolphins would be at the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs. The Bills are now the three seed behind uh, Kansas City and Pittsburgh. And Cleveland, like, Cleveland gets screwed because they can't win their division because of Pittsburgh. So they're actually the fifth seed, and they would play Tennessee. But the thing is, Tennessee beat Buffalo. So if Buffalo lose tomorrow, this would swing. Things would change 
and then um, Tennessee would be in the four hole suddenly, right? So you know that that's 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 the picture right now. Now Buffalo and San Francisco tomorrow. We'll get into the game in level three here. I think it's going to be a really fun football game. You know, Buffalo's defense generally gives up, you know, a couple of big plays a game. Buffalo's offense is very efficient. It has been. And San Francisco, Shanahan's a great coach. I think there's going to be some points put up on the board. You know, oftentimes I talk about teasing overs, but I think this is a straight over shot that gets there. And now that the Buffalo Bills are plus one, I think they're very attractive on a teaser as well, up to plus eight. The Bills are no lock in this game. San Francisco are a dangerous team, but let's remember it's not at San Francisco. It's not a home game. It's a neutral field game. It is on the West Coast. It is on the West Coast. You know, you, you can't, you know, so that is more of an advantage for San Francisco. It's not ideal for the Buffalo Bills. And historically, East Coast teams, everyone always talks about West Coast teams coming East, but East Coast teams don't do well going West either. You know, they just don't. You know, people don't emphasize that enough. But especially on Monday Night Football over the years, over the years, teams um, teams from the East Coast are just 15 and 36. Wow. 15 and 36, guys. 15 and 36. East Coast teams on Monday Night Football playing on the West Coast. 19 and 31 against the point spread. I should say on Sunday and Monday. So these prime time games. Sunday and Monday, prime time games. West Coast teams are 36 and 15 against the spread. And you figure, well, you know, people always say this too. Well, the time zone difference doesn't mean anything because they're playing at night and stuff. And look, they're playing this game at 8.15 Eastern time. So it'll be 5.15 there, but it's not really all that awkward. It's more the road trip that's awkward, right? And, you know, teams just aren't as good. Teams play better. It's not just the fans, but teams play better on their own field, right? You know, you're at home. You're in your own locker room. You know the field. You know every little, like, you're like, oh, yeah, it's a little slippery right around that 38-yard line mark. That You know, that logo is slippery at this time of the day. You just know everything. Oh, the sun shadow. Yeah, yeah, there's going to be sun in a minute here, so I better, like, you just you know the little nuances, right? So this game is kind of, you know, it's on a neutral field, which makes it interesting. You know, made the best team win, but like I said, it is on the West Coast. It is on the West Coast. Now, Buffalo's defense has gotten better. They've tightened things up a little bit um, as the season's gone on. And Buffalo, Buffalo are an interesting team. You know, we're talking a lot tonight about teams not getting credit or, like, you know, that we should be giving credit to. And the Buffalo Bills are actually a team that I don't think is getting enough credit either. Like, the Bills, for whatever reason, are heavily criticized, but they've brought it upon themselves as well. Like, the Bills internally have been unhappy at times about the way that they've been playing, yet they're 8-3. and three. You know what I mean? Like, it's been a strong, solid year for the Buffalo Bills. I think they just think that they can play better, right? They had, you know, the slip up against Arizona. It was a good win against the Chargers. They beat Seattle. They've been on a roll. I mean, they had that one bad game against Arizona, and they lost on a Hail Mary. They should have won that game. The Bills have been rolling, and I think the Bills continue to roll tomorrow.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Three-minute warning, level two. Quickest 180 minutes in sports. Normally, we'd be uh, wrapping up, and I'd be like, wow, that was a fast show. But we do have another level left uh, here on most of these uh, radio affiliates. Um, so thanks to Big Man on Campus for stepping up in, uh, earlier uh, with us this evening. Taking a look, we got two, uh, two Monday games to break down in the NFL. We'll give you a line check for Week 14. We talked about the Rams and, and the uh, Patriots on Thursday. So tomorrow, uh, Buffalo and San Francisco. It's going to be a fun football game. There should be points put up on the board uh, in this game. And they're both very good teams. San Francisco's getting healthier right now. Richard Sherman coming back really helps the uh, San Francisco secondary. But they do lose Jamar Taylor. And Jamar Taylor was uh, their nickelback. And so, you know, it's like good news, bad news uh, for them. And, you know, interesting, though, that um, you look at Josh Allen's numbers, and I'm seeing here Dr. Bob's database that, uh, you know, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, when, when John Brown and Stephon Diggs, when everyone is on the field, when John Brown is there, they average 8.6 yards per pass attempt, all right? When John Brown's not there, it falls to 6.8. It's actually a significant dip. And we've talked about this. Guests have brought it up on our show, actually, um, this year uh, about John Brown and about the impact that it has when John Brown's not there on Josh Allen. It really does. Stephon Diggs is the number one guy, but John Brown is the real vertical threat, and he really opens things up. And, and, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. We've seen time and time again, Allen's just not as potent without, uh, and the Bills' offense isn't as potent without John Brown in the lineup. Something to keep your eye on uh, there. And then Cole Beasley. Uh, Cole Beasley could rack up uh, some numbers and some stats uh, in, this, uh, in this situation. And then you get San Francisco. You know, San Francisco is going to look to run the football. You can run the football on Buffalo. Buffalo's secondary is tightening things up, except on Hail Marys. <laughs> except on Hail Marys. All right, we'll, we'll get into the card on the other side. Always like the uh, the first line check of the week. Four trades late night continues. Bring it. <laughs> 